Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest is Justin Liggett. He's the manager of investor relations for DJE here. So we're kind of having an internal podcast and we like to talk about our wins. We got a lot of wins. We got a lot of full cycle deals on the board. Um, lots of wins for investors over the years we've been in business. But today we're going to talk about a loss. We're going to talk about a deal that we got under contract and went all the way up to the one yard line and then had to walk away and what that meant. So we're just kind of covering some lessons learned on this loss. And I think it will be uh, insightful because it's not something you hear a lot about on podcasts. You hear a lot of wins on podcasts, which is fine. So we're going to talk about a loss today and what that meant. Um, you know, the bottom line is, is there was not a loss of investor capital, but um, we wanted to peel back the curtain a little bit on some of our internal processes there. So Justin and I had a really good conversation around that. I think you're going to enjoy it. A little bit of a departure from our normal podcast programming here. Before we get into the conversation with Justin and I, two things real quick. If you would like to see future DJE deals and you're not already seeing that, um, go to djetexas.com. You can schedule a call with Justin or you can register to get an invitation to our portal to see upcoming projects. Secondly, if you are listening to this and you're interested in becoming a multifamily operator, you're interested in, in growing a company and buying apartment deals and running the deals as a general partner, we've set up apartmenteducators.com as a complete ecosystem for you. There's a eight series uh, video class that I teach at apartmenteducators.com for free. You can go check that out there if um, that's interesting to you. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the conversation with myself and Justin. Here we go. Justin, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, for jumping on. Let's jump in and, and we're going to have a little internal DJE uh, internal podcast here also shared with the world and we're going to talk about a recent deal. We like to celebrate our wins as everyone should, but this, this episode is a little different, right? Right. I mean, I think like there are wins to be found whenever you're commiserating and you're reflecting on things. And, and so what I get a, a big question that I get a lot, especially uh, in talking to prospective investors and also our investors is, you know, it's, it's really easy to talk about your wins and to yes. doubt your wins. Uh, but tell me about your toughest deal. Tell me about a deal yeah. that you know exactly how you wanted it to. Um, and that's a lot of times almost more important to a lot of investors, how you conduct yourself in a tough situation. Right. It's a great investor question. Absolutely. I think every investor should ask that of sponsors. Yeah. So, you know, I, whenever I was kind of uh, preparing for this, I knew that we had a recent acquisition that didn't exactly go to plan. Right. Um, you know, as far as being able to close and operate the asset, you know, being the definition of success. Right. Uh, but um, I definitely feel like there was a lot of good things that came out of it right you know the ability to have tough conversations in a way that are productive and healthy but also at the same time take care of people um, and allows everyone to grow not only as a person investor as an organization as well sure so I thought we would just kind of jump into that and and kind of be you know we really emphasize transparency here at this organization I think this is at the service of that sure um, and so I thought that the first thing we've got to do is just defer back to you and give us a little bit of an overview um, as far as how we found the asset and kind of just what transpired. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of backing up um, all of our multifamilies in San Antonio, this wasn't any different. It was a little outside of our um, 
I guess the box you would call it that we bought, you know, seventies and eighties multifamily kind of North central San Antonio. It's like pretty much all the stuff we have just about, this was a little outside the box. It was a little smaller. It's definitely newer. It's cleaner as a class A asset. It was one that had been on uh, our radar for many years, a two or years ago. Um, it was overpriced then should have bought it. I mean, that's every deal, you know, every deal we're talking like, Q2 2022 right now. And so, you know, every single deal that we agonized over three years ago and didn't buy, should have bought it, hands down, you know, no questions asked. But you can't operate like that. Nobody can see around corners. So anyway, uh, it was an asset that uh, had been on our radar for a long time, finally came to market, um, got to a point with the, with the broker and the seller that we feel like, um, you know, we both felt like we could make work. So we got it under contract and then started executing our normal due diligence process, which, um, is pretty exhaustive. You know, this is a smaller asset. Normally we're trying to buy, you know, 200 plus unit apartment complexes. Um, and if you look at our portfolio now, you know, we're 400 units is the largest, hundred units is the smallest. So our average is unit count is probably 250 something like that so this was a little bit smaller but so we go through the due diligence process full lease audit walk 100 percent of the units go out there with our construction crews we actually had planned at turning uh some some dormant vacant non zero revenue generating space into our new corporate office so we can dive into that a little bit right. um went through the whole process, lined up our financing, lined up the capital stack, which, you know, you can dive into. And then, I mean, do I get to the punchline here <laughs> is, is ultimately, um, the bank came back to us at the, at the very last, I mean, literally the last couple of days before closing and said, we can't lend on this. There's some issues on the property that, um, make this a non-starter for us. And we'd already extended the project. We'd already, you know, gone past our initial projected closing date. And at that point, I just made the difficult decision that, that we're out on the deal. So, you know, return hundred percent of investor capital, make that communication, um, and, and back out of the deal. And really, you know, looking back on our, our history, that's kind of the only time we haven't transacted on a deal we've gotten in contract. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually there was one other one that was kind of a COVID related deal, also lending related. Yeah. I mean, when the, when the entity that's bringing 75% uh, of the capital, a $20 million deal says they're out, you're kind of out. So, I mean, there's really, that's just the nature, <laughs> that the nature right of it. Wall. If, yeah, if we could uh, not use banks on these deals, maybe we do that, but that's not the reality of it. So that was, that's kind of the very condensed version of it is, finding an asset we like, which is exceptionally difficult. I mean, we're always looking and always passing on deals and always losing out deals to, to higher bids, which is fine. That's the nature of the business. Um, but, but going through that project, you know, not pleasant, certainly, you know, a waste of, I don't say waste, but expended a lot of capital and time within our firm, time with our investors as they're reviewing documents and wiring funds and all that stuff. Ultimately, I mean, I think the real bottom line for, for the firm and for our investors is, you know, no capital lost ever, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we had capital in, in an escrow account for a little while while we were preparing to close and then we returned it. Um, I think we even paid investors yeah. so, something now that I think about it. percent for 37 days. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was a gesture that was well-received. Um, but anyway, so that's the high level. I think, you know, we, you can probably dissect some of those points. We can, we can dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like one of the first things really that I guess kind of happened where you were talking about contract due diligence period that really kind of struck me and was really one of the first things was 
what you talked about, how this didn't look like one of our normal assets. And right. for me, like that was a really encouraging thing. Sure. That, like, you know, from a value add standpoint that this was like, a, not like a strategic departure, but it was something that was a little bit out of step for us, but at the same time was very much um, like symbolic of like the culmination of a lot of our skill sets with the property management side of the business, right. and what we've learned. And I felt like it was allowing us to kind of like take what we've learned and apply it to a different, you know, kind of optic or right. type of asset, right. which I think is a really, really kind of big growth point for us. Right. The ability to kind of look at something and not get wrapped around the axle on sort of this, you know, BRRR or whatever they kind of cut you know buy yeah. or, you know renovate and yeah um, and that sort of mentality as far as workforce and value add strategy so that was kind of the first thing that really struck me is right a deal. you know I was excited about that too in that you know I think as a firm we're always trying to do something that's just slightly outside of our comfort zone if it's going to benefit I mean look at the land business we've developed for instance you know it's kind of right. started as okay I've got a thesis here let's try a deal with no investor capital works. Let's try another deal. No investor capital works. Okay, let's try a small deal with investor capital works. Okay, we've got something here that's a new business. Let's grow it. And that business has grown a lot on kind of this thesis. So I thought class A for DJE, let's see if we can make this work. Because if we can, perhaps this is a, this is broadens our portfolio. It's still San Antonio. It's still multifamily. It's still in our wheelhouse, but it's kind of right outside our uh, comfort zone but not insanely outside our comfort zone. So I, I thought the same thing. I thought, hey, this could be a new path for us potentially. Right. Clearly on that deal, didn't turn out to be the case, but um, I always like to be exploring things that maybe give us some more diversity or give us new ways to approach the business. Right, and then the, the office thing. I feel yeah. like it's just an extension of that, like this creativity right. and this like this ability to just like, okay, we're not looking at everything just from a B and C class blinder standpoint. Like right. we're looking at this and saying, okay, what can we do to squeeze lemon and get more NOI out of the asset? You right. Know? So I thought that that was really, really kind of a cool thing. That did. Yeah. That, that created a lot of energy, I think, you know, <laughs> and, and I was excited about it. I mean, basically there was a, there was a space on the facility that was completely dormant and unused relatively large space, you know, 3,000 square feet, whatever the case was. We um, currently, as we speak, are in the process, uh, well, let me, before I get into that, the idea of officing downtown kind of circulated in the firm, and it was kind of exciting. This is a nice, clean, new asset. And so that we, we brought in uh, an architect and one of our GCs come in and kind of build out plans on how we would convert this dead space with zero income <laughs> into DJE corporate headquarters producing um, you know, at market rates, $75,000 a year of income, just like that. And, and as we're looking at ways, just, you know, you're, you're buying this asset going, okay, we're investors having 3000 square feet producing zero revenue is absolutely abhorrent to me, right? It's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. So how do we, okay, do we, do we lease to a, you know, a third party? What does that look like? And then at the, you know, we're, uh, outgrowing our current office. And so it just kind of made sense to say, hey, let's move it down there. And so um, that idea kind of was the was the seed of kind of DJE being downtown in San Antonio, right? And so, and that seed has grown since, and we'll talk about that more later in our, our upcoming plans. But that was, um, you know, that was something that we weren't even modeling in our initial pro forma to investors to hit our IRR targets. And so when you plug that in, it got pretty exciting around what could, that could do to the value of the property and serve us as, as uh, you know, corporate HQ. So, you know, just thinking outside the box, trying to, trying to right. create more value, like, like everything. Yeah. And I, you know, it's just, especially for a person 
who's talking to investors every day and kind of, you know, delivering that message. That was, I thought that that was a really kind of cool thing and like a matriculation, an another kind of small evolution point right. for our business as far as like taking a rinse and repeat sort of idea and applying it to different different types of assets and things like that where it's appropriate. So it was really, it was really neat. The fundraising, like I said, I mean, like it was, it was, it's pretty like I want to say simple because every fundraiser has its its challenges and things like that. Right. This one happened a little bit further on whenever we kind of were doing the the return of capital and things like that. Right. But um, I mean, you know, like you said, this was a gem of an asset. It to a large extent, the curb appeal really kind of you know sold itself. A lot right. Of no doubt. And so um, that was really a really really kind of easy lift on I think on the fundraising part for it, but. Once we kind of got closer to closing and things like that, that was kind of another kind of growth point, or I think kind of a, a point whenever I was reflecting on things that I kind of saw as a point where I was proud of not only us, but our investors is kind of how right. things ended and wound, wound down. Right. And that first point being really kind of like, you know, we pushed and we, you know, we got this, this report and we, we got a bad result on it sort of thing. And, but, and we wanted to just confirm it sort of thing, but we didn't get so attached to the investment and to the place, like to the way that it looked and the way that like all the plans yes. we had for it. We didn't get so attached to it that we just put our head down in the effort of closing, which um, I think- Which could lot, have been an option. At very, I, I could yeah. see a lot of, I mean, I don't think that there would be a situation where we would probably do that, but like I could see how somebody could get real attached to some, an asset like that and would right. just want to close it. Right. Um, so I totally get that, but I was proud of us that we, you know, that we kind of, stood our ground, made the hard decision. And so, I mean, maybe if we can kind of talk a little bit about that and then kind of how you and I can kind of move into kind of how we handled, you know, investors and things like that. After sure, that. sure. Well, one thing I did want to point out as just kind of a the timeline and history of the firm, you know, you, you kind of glossed over like, ah, that's kind of a small project. This is a $6 million plus equity raise. That's true. Which it's pretty neat in the history of the firm to say that like, yeah, that's a small deal. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I didn't mean to make it sound. No, no, no. And I'm not, uh, I'm not picking just, on you. It's just like that's uh, that's great to yeah. say as a firm that, um, yeah, six million bucks, six and a half million bucks is like a small deal for us. Um, you know, there's people listening trying to do their first deal that are like, what? And for those that are listening, um, you know, maybe some apartment edu educators, clients or whatever, or people that are trying to do this, like we started out doing Small stuff, you know, and then now a couple of years later, we've gotten to the point where six million dollars like on the smaller side for us, yeah. which is which is fantastic. Um, so all that got me off track of the question that you just asked, which was, you know, kind of put your head the, down whenever you're marching towards closing. Yeah. Everybody has got a singular vision. You know, it's yes. a singular task. If we're closing on this thing. Yes. But not, you know, not ignoring the red flags, not ignoring right. the signs and things like that. I think it would have been. um it would have been easy to say we're gonna we're gonna find another lender, extend a little bit more, and roll the dice and see if we can get it to close. And you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. I mean, look, the number one um, goal for this firm is to deliver as we project or better for investors. Bottom line, I mean, everything else works itself out if we meet or exceed what we project for investors. So. Um, you know, we've expended a lot of energy into it. And, you know, I think the natural inclination is to fall in love with it and find a, another way to do it. But at the end of the day, it was, it, it was just too much risk. It was too much risk for our capital, too much risk for investors capital. Um, and also kind of fortunately in the scheme of things going on for the firm, I don't say it didn't matter, but you know, the firm target for 2022 is a thousand units. 
we're 60% of that right now, you know, and in beginning of Q2, um, we got work ahead of us for the rest of the year to, to hit our targets for sure. But it was kind of neat to be seeing this one deal, you know, to kiss it goodbye and to say, this deal is actually going to liberate us and all the team's energy. Cause we're a big company now, right. With a property management company and, and everything else, corporate team growing, it's going to liberate everyone to focus on the other cool, great things we had going on. And I'm a big, I'm a big fan and maybe just by necessity of framing things to yourself in the most empowering way. Cause there's a thousand unempowering ways to frame losing this deal. So I just kind of chose to frame it for myself that this is going to free up everybody's time and energy. Once we walk away from this, um, it's going to return capital back to investors, a lot of which came into other projects we had, sure. right? Um, it was a chance for us to actually pay investors out of pocket, which nobody's expecting that, exactly. right? But if I, we look at the kind of the high level of the firm and that what that costs the firm to do as just a gesture, I mean, it's, it didn't make anybody wealthy, but it was a gesture to say, hey, we, we right. held your capital with the intent of going into this deal. That didn't happen. Here's your capital back. Plus just kind of a kicker. Thank you for, for being on board with us. We're a long-term focus firm. And that, that made sense to do. And I felt really good about doing that. So I think a lot of it was just kind of framing what it, what it meant to us. Right. Right. Um, and, and choosing which lens to, to look at it through. Cause objectively like, Oh, you lost a deal that stinks. Definitely does. But, um, there, there's silver linings in there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was, I think a big part of the impetus for wanting to have this conversation is finding those silver linings and right. kind of like, you know, this is a tough business. And when people kind of hit those headwinds to, re to remember those optics, to remember that like you're in control of how you see and react to this, to this situation. Right. Um, and I think like, you know, one really big thing during that time, pro whoops, during that process, um, that, that I took away from it was that like, you know, we're the operator on the deal. We're, we're the general partner, and part of our responsibility, from a you know fiduciary and just you know as what we bring to the table is to make those hard decisions. Yes. And what we did was we made the hard decision, and I think in a lot of respects, or just about every respect that I can see, like we hit our marks as far as making investors whole and like taking care of our people, um, or just the people that were in the deal. And um, right. I think that that was just a big thing because one of the, the biggest things that we preach to people, especially whenever they're investing in multifamily for the first time, is that you have to invest in the operator. Right. You have to be very much aligned with their style, their personality, and more so than anything, how they handle themselves whenever things don't go entirely to plan. Right. And I really feel like the way that that all played out and the way that the decisions that we made and hitting our marks really kind of supported that, that, that kind of like point that we always make to investors when we talk to them, especially doing this for the first time, is it like invest in your operator. And I kind of feel like it really supported that point for us. And it was a big thing for us. Right. Yeah. I was, I was really encouraged by some of the feedback I got. And I, you know, I know you, you got more of that feedback than I did since you're kind of on the front line with right. that, but you know, I got some text messages and things from different investors and from some people that were watching that are not investors that's, that are experienced, right. you know, LPs that maybe weren't in that deal. Um, or even in any DJE deals say y your credibility just went up in my eyes. And it's like that, that to me is like bigger than all the money stuff or, or whatever to, to get that kind of feedback. So, um, it's also, you know, helpful to get some sort of attaboy when you're, when you're, you know, getting dust kicked in your, in your face. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's tough to have those kind of com those tough conversations. For sure. You know, it's like, we, we wanted, 
we wanted this to happen. Everybody wanted course. this to happen. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, you know, like you have to pay attention to the information that you have and, and doing what's right. So, you know, I'm, I'm really just proud of us. I'm proud of everybody that was involved in the deal. Um, and I just, I'm really happy that we spent some time today just kind of reflecting on it and kind of shedding a little bit of light on the story. Because like you said, you know, there are a lot of people who are just doing their first deals or maybe just, you know, investing as an LP for the first time. So, you know, having some transparency as far as some of the tribulations and things like that, I think can be very transparent, realistic, but also encouraging to right. people at the same time. Yeah, it is a tough business. Um, it's no joke. We're dealing with, with big dollar amounts here. But at the end of the day, it's protect and grow investor capital. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's really, it's nice to kind of have the entire philosophy, the firm boil down to that and, um, you know, and have that intact through home runs right. and through deals that, boy, wish wish that had to happen, but we move on right. with with kind of that primary goal of protect and grow investor capital intact. Yeah, absolutely. So, Well, I really appreciate you spending some time with me today, having me on the show so we could talk about this. And I'm um, looking forward to more deals. Awesome. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Justin, thanks for, for doing a recap on this deal. We'll catch up soon. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.